May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable to thee, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Many summers, including this one, we suggest a book for us to read as a parish. This summer's book is The Monastic Heart by Joan Chittister, a Roman Catholic Benedictine nun. That sounds pretty religious, doesn't it? I expect it is, though I for one am encouraged by the subtitle which promises 50 simple practices for a contemplative and fulfilling life. I admit I haven't read it yet, but I will, not least because over many decades, Joan Chittister has demonstrated in word and deed that the religious life, the life of faith, is a life of passionate commitment to justice and leads to abundant life. That's an example we're celebrating and getting to know, especially now. And by the way, Sister Joan is going to come be with us in early December, so you don't have to take my word for it. Today's scriptures are those appointed for Independence Day. I was especially struck by the letter to the Hebrews in which its author recounts Abraham's journey from his home, a journey undertaken at God's bidding, a journey to a land promised to him by God, but which he does not know and cannot even begin to imagine. Perhaps those who chose the reading thought it an apt story to remind us of those who left England and arrived in a land they did not know and whose imaginings did not prepare them for the people or the land that they actually encountered. Maybe. Maybe. But the story of Abraham we hear today is shot through with longing. Abraham goes, to be sure, at God's bidding, but there is no map nor any signposts along the way, just lots of challenges and God's intermittent assurances that there is a country prepared for him. But what struck me, especially in this week of momentous rulings from the Supreme Court, is the verse that states that Abraham's, quote, stayed for a long time in the land that he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents. Abraham stayed for a long time in the land that he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents. He was, in fact, in the land promised to him by God, but he felt, and he was still itinerant. And later in that same passage, we hear that those who followed God, Abraham's heirs, knew themselves to be strangers and foreigners on the earth. Strangers and foreigners who saw and greeted the promises of God from a distance. Mid-century modern is a style. It's quite popular at present. The century referred to is the 20th century, of course. 
Now, many white American Christians might have happily characterized themselves as mid-century modern in those decades in the middle of the last century. That was the time of full pews in the churches, newly built suburbs, and so on, as men returned from World War II. However, those supposedly halcyon days didn't last. The last 40 years of the 20th century saw upheavals about an unpopular war, about civil rights, against institutional authority, about widening understandings of sexuality, and about the use of drugs. If those earlier years were wonderful ones, the upheavals that followed made it clear that not everyone experienced those years in quite the same way. Then the start of the 21st century announced on 9-11 that Americans would not be exempt from terrorist attack. Now we're approaching the end of the first quarter of the 21st century, and there is absolutely nothing settled about this time. Nothing settled even about this week. A week ago Friday, the Supreme Court undid much of settled law established in Roe v. Wade. Then in this week, the Supreme Court upended much of the EPA's authority, and the Supreme Court had a ruling on gun laws. Now, the truth is that within the Christian community, there is a huge, a huge range of views about abortion. Christians really do cover the entire spectrum there. But I will tell you, I at least haven't heard of many New Yorkers who are excited about the possibility of concealed carry in our streets, nor have I met many who feel too good about weakening the authority of the Environmental Protection Agency. Yet this week, wherever you stand on these rulings, and I will tell you, I have been upset by every last one of them, these rulings provide a profound reminder to us that institutions can never and should never have our full trust. Principalities and powers is what St. Paul called them. And they are always about themselves, whether we are talking about government or about the church as an institution, or a bastion of a higher learning, bastion being the telling adjective in that phrase. However, if this week can help us reclaim what it means to be followers of the one God, the maker of heaven and earth, and of his son, Jesus, who is the Christ, the Messiah, and our Savior, it will have been of value. Periodically, we, and especially those of us who are white, middle, and upper-class Americans, we convince ourselves that God has blessed us on our way, as we sing in a lovely hymn at Thanksgiving. But as has been more truthfully said, 
the way, the only way that God blesses is the way of the cross, which means that we must lead a life that is like that of Abraham and his descendants, itinerant. It is possible, it is possible. We are in the land that God has promised to us, but it is surely not at this point the land that God intends. And we cannot, must not settle in, but rather must look toward and greet the promises of God, knowing that they are still in the distance, that they are ahead of us, ahead of us, maybe far off, not behind us in a haze of false nostalgia, but ahead of us, not in the economic, political, or social accomplishments for which we may yearn, but in a future that God intends and that God has intended from the beginning of creation. What is that future? It is the future, God tells us, and Moses reminds us in the reading from Deuteronomy, where the stranger and the foreigner are welcomed in, and where there is food, water, shelter, and a wide welcome for all. A place where there are no outcasts. How do we greet that promise? How do we get a clearer view of our true home? Starting by knowing that this is not our home and the way things are is not the way they are meant to be. That we are passing through. And so then doing what Jesus, who came to us to show us the fulfillment of that promise and longs to lead us to do what Jesus did. Welcoming, healing, feeding, forgiving anyone and everyone. And then, and then, as if that were not enough, doing more, doing the impossible, doing that other thing that Jesus did and that in today's gospel, he commands us to do as well. Love our enemies. Pray for those who persecute us. Behave like God, whose reign and son equally bless the evil and the good. Be perfect, Jesus says, be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Plan to fail. Plan to fail, because we will. We are not God, we are not Jesus, not even close. But if we try to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us, we will discover two things, and they may just be what sees us through. The first is that if we behave like Jesus with all that love and prayer, we will find that we have set ourselves in opposition to the ways of the world. Some will absolutely 
feel and be blessed by what we do as we seek to follow Jesus. But some will despise us for it, just as some despised Jesus and despised him enough to kill him. That is the way of the cross. The second thing we will discover is that when we fail, we will actually be reminded that we are those, we ourselves, are those who were and are loved by God, even when we have behaved as enemies of Jesus. We will recognize that we are and have been blessed time and time and time again when blessing is not what we deserve. And perhaps those realizations will keep us humble enough to go on and seek still to be perfect, even as our Heavenly Father is perfect. I will, and I hope you will, work for all those causes and policies that you believe help us to live into our baptismal promises to seek and serve Christ in all people and to respect the dignity of every human being. But always remember that our hope is not and never has been in the powers and principalities and institutions of this world. This is an amazing nation with extraordinary resources and possibilities, but it is not, nor has it ever been, the promised land. That land is the realm where God reigns and rules. That land, which is our true homeland, is the one that I pray we may have the grace to see, maybe a bit more clearly as the years go on, and greet as we walk in Jesus' way. Joan Chittister, you may remember her from the start of this sermon. She once said that the church gives us an opportunity to practice for the realm and reign of God. Institution though it is, and it is, with flaws and misjudgments, the church nonetheless calls us into worship. And sometimes, sometimes, Joan reminds us, Sundays arise like moments out of time, bringing in their invisible mist the sight of another way to be human. It will be so if and as we welcome all and love our friends and our enemies. Amen.